We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Crazy for Swayze. I'm your host, Vince Troya, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Josh Young. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Do you think you could do it without me? Why? Because you said you're always joined by me. It's true, you have been, but could you? Could you do it without me? Oh, yeah, I could definitely, you know, drive this boat by myself. I don't need you. Good. Good to know. I want you. I don't need you. That's the best. It's good to be wanted. Good. I'm happy that you feel that way. Would you like to introduce our guest this week? Uh, our guest, the guy who sleeps on our couch sometimes. <laughs> the guy who sleeps <laughs> on our couch sometimes. This week we have another guest. Our friend Stephen Fisher is joining us, our resident gay expert, because we are diving into the 1995 film To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Stephen, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm ready for this movie to indoctrinate trans and drag stuff into future generations. Um... Also, you've had me in your phone as Gabriel Steve since around 2006. So that's 16 years now. Good. So I'm indeed your resident homosexual. You're you're under Stephen Fisher in my phone. I used to be Gabriel Steve. Yeah, but then I just like cut the fat, bro. <laughs> just cut the fat. <laughs> well, uh, it's important to have uh, representation on your podcast, even if it's just another white man. Yeah, we That's we felt fine. that it'd be a nice treat having Steven here because Steven actually frequents the the drag scene in the Detroit area and and were you going to say something? Well, not entirely, but I do know a lot of our residential drag queens here in good old Metro Detroit, amazing performers. Yeah, and uh, you know, being such a celebration in this movie, we thought it'd be nice to have Steven here for his help. Now, this bad boy came out, like I said, in uh, in August of 1995. It's 109 minutes long. It's PG-13. It was released through Universal and Amblin Entertainment. And it was Patrick Swayze's 18th film following Tall Tale and preceding Three Wishes. Josh, how do you feel about this time frame in his career? Oh, man, I love Three Wishes. I did too. How did you feel about Tall Tale? That was the first one we watched, man. That was a while ago. I feel like we got to revisit it. <laughs> I just remember the the kid that was in uh, that Terminator movie. He just said, "You can't come through our land," as he screamed at the at a train. Yeah, and what did he hit it with something? I don't remember I exactly. Think, what I thought he he made like the the tunnel collapse on him. Maybe we do need to revisit it. Yeah, I don't remember what happened. Do it after the end of the series so you can see what it was like from the first to now. Yeah, yeah. now that we've solidified the Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Oh, the Swayze scale. It scale. has been refined over the course of the 43 or 44 <laughs> episodes we've done. Yeah. It has gotten crazier and crazier. Well, that's how a fever works. <laughs> it just keeps going further into madness. Yeah, you keep getting hotter and hotter. Well, the director of this one was B-Ban Kidron. She was also the director of Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason, and Swept from the Sea in 1997. Great. 
Have you heard of any of those? Either of those? Nope. I hadn't either. I think this may be the only movie I've seen by her. Yeah, for sure. This is her only uh, not straight to DVD movie? Uh, potentially. <laughs> potentially. Well, I mean, was Bridget Jones the Edge of Reason? That's the third one. There's three? Yeah, because it's oh, Bridget God. Jones. Bridget Jones is getting married and Bridget Jones on the other Edge of Reason. I think that was the one when she has a baby or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know who Bridget Jones is. Is that Renee Zellweger? Yeah. <laughs> Renee Zellweger. Wow. Is that how you say it? Renee Zellweger. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, Patrick Swayze is going to be uh, acting alongside uh, some 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 friendly, friendly fa- fun faces in this one. Classics. Yeah, he was billed second as Ms. V- Vita Boem. And he's going to be acting alongside Wesley Snipes from Blade, John Leguizamo from Spawn, Stockard Channing from Grease, Beth Grant, Jason Landon, Chris Penn, and RuPaul. We love RuPaul, man. Being gay in the 90s and seeing RuPaul up on VH1, life-changing. Yeah? Kind of. How do you feel about RuPaul's character in this one being named Rachel Tensions? I love... It's so funny. I love All it. the drag names in this movie are so good. I, I I agree. I love it. I I agree. It's okay. From what I know from the drag community, the more kind of dicey, like edgy name you have, it's always funny. Like Helena Handbasket, great. Uh, Rachel Tensions could not guffaw more at that. Incredible. <laughs> well, good man. Especially in the nineties. And as an uncredited addition to this film, we do have Mr. Robin Williams. Rainbow fucking Randolph yeah, from he's, Death to Smoochie, baby. Is he playing John Jingle Jingleheimer <laughs> Smith in this one? Yeah, his name is my name too. Yeah, I always, I it's such a tongue twister, I can't do it. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, it's not even that many. I feel Robin Williams is one of the best heterosexuals to play a very queer-centric character in so many movies, like The Birdcage. Even this, a small, small part in the movie, like everyone's like, Robin Williams was in it. Yeah. Do you I, do you feel that that is just his speaking to his range? You know, because he was very much just very like embracing of his characters. You know. Yes, and ultimately, we'll get into it later, but how all the actors in this movie embrace their characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just having that little salt, uh, that little spice of Robin Williams, when I know he was uh, considered for a bigger role in the movie. Yeah. Um, how how great. What a, what a great gay straight man. I love him in this. And he's only in it for a scene, but like, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the movie. Because sure. that's where our our journey starts, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, we've all seen this before. Uh, when was the last time you watched it, Josh? Uh, last year. Yeah? No, two, I don't know. Two years ago? Time I, is a flat circle. Right? It's been a it's been a minute for the two of us. Steven, when was the last time you watched this? It was actually last summer. I was going to revisit it earlier this week to make like comprehensive notes, and I just decided, no, we're going to go back in this like I did last year, not having seen this movie in so long. We will yeah. do it and live. Just, we will do it live, and ultimately, it just brings so much extra joy to a movie that has aged gracefully these past 20-plus years. Oh, I agree 100%, man. 
it's it's always lots of fun i like chris penn in it i think he's hilarious i really like what's his name um jason landon the the bro- T.S.'s brother from from Mallrats. He's oh, in this yeah. also too, That's and he right. plays this like real bucking young boy, and he's real funny. And like I think the cast just works real fucking well together. Mm-hmm. So can we say this movie could possibly be in the same universe as Mallrats? Potentially, we can make that bridge later. I'm sure we will. Potentially. <laughs> now we're gonna be watching my my DVD copy of this, but we found it streaming online on like uh, HBO or Paramount or something like that. It shows up on uh, Hulu and on Netflix from time to time. Uh, so if you don't have easy access, you will eventually because it will pop up for you. It is Pride Month, and you know how corporations are—they're trying to gay you up. They're, so. they're trying to make make sure this shit is available to you. Well, guys, do you want to watch it? Let's do it. Yes. All right. Wow, wow, wow. That was a movie. It's always a movie. Unless it's a TV show. Exactly. It's always a movie. A fantastic movie. Unless it's a TV show. In which case, I'll tell the people. I love television. (laughs) (laughs) I would consider that movie recommended watching for anybody over the age of seven because it's very wholesome. Over the age of seven. And And younger than that. Well, they do like Magic Kingdom. That too. Uh, they also do like drag queens reading to kindergartners frequently. So, I mean, why not indoctrinate them now? Even younger, right? Mm-hmm. Even younger. Straight out the womb. We should have uh, midwives that are just drag queens. That's it. Wow. <laughs> That's something I've never thought of. We haven't even talked about how the movie was. And we're already talking about how we're going to she- reshape our utopia. All you the children what? must watch this film. Yes. And if they don't, they're gay. Steven, as or the guest. Or we're force it on them. <laughs> how did you feel about this movie? So I have a small little history with this movie, and it's ultimately me remembering this, uh, the cover for this when I was younger, always at my Aunt Al's, the one who used to make the cakes, the infamous MySpace cake I had as a 17-year-old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a big movie buff, got me into a lot of movies and stuff like that. So I saw this cover for this movie when i was like seven watched it when i was eight didn't quite get it um but as i watch it now as an adult uh, an openly queer adult um i absolutely love it i think it's held up so fantastic and again recommended viewing for anybody over the age of seven the age of three dude yeah i agree yeah I, i think that this is a a fun romp across the country it's classic patrick swayze yeah how far across the country do they get, though? Don't they? It's only a few states. They break down in the middle of the country, but yeah. we don't know what state it is. I think it was Iowa. I kept saying Sioux Falls, Idaho, if that's the real place. It was filmed. We have a few di- different filming locations, right? I know New Jersey. Yep. We have Nebraska, New Jersey, Florida, New York, Georgia, and Utah. Oof. All right. 
Mm-hmm. So I, where I understand that that's probably not where they were always taking place, I would probably say Nebraska sounds about right with the way that everyone's been describing how it seemed, you know? Yeah, it's halfway through the country. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's pretty good. Pre- pretty good guess, you know? I don't know where at in Nebraska, though. I don't know anything about Nebraska. Well, I mean, they made pretty good progress as well. It's not like they could just turn around and go the other way. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, if they only made it to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, turn around. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you can catch a bus. Home. If they only made it to Pennsylvania and had to worry about those uh, backwoods folks in that city, then they did not. They got barely out of the middle of Pennsylvania <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> like Wilkes Bar, ain't even that bad. <laughs> Whatever is between Philadelphia and uh, the other one, Wilkes Bar. Wilkes Bar. Dude, I feel that. I feel like most states get a, a maximum of two cool cities. We're spoiled in Michigan. We have a lot of cool cities here. Yeah. Do you have a ranking of how cool or what's the coolest city? Well, Detroit's the coolest city. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Like uh, 100%. Then maybe Grand Rapids. Then it's Ypsilanti. No. Nope. I'm going to put... Can we count Ann Arbor and Ipsy together since they're <sighs> basically the same? Yeah. Fuck it. We, we're we going, make up all of our If rules. we're going super cool, it's Detroit... Ann Arbor, Ipsy. I'm gonna go Kalamazoo and then Grand Rapids. That's Too much DeVos money in, in Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo or in Grand Rapids. You went to college in Kalamazoo, so you have a preference. Uh, but a I bias. Also, yes. I also went to college in Big Rapids, Michigan, and I would ultimately say that Big Rapids is slightly cooler than Grand Rapids. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like Big Rapids, but now we're in the weeds. <laughs> I. I, I thought that Big Rapids was fine. My experiences there involved tubing and 3-6 three, three, six six mafia. mafia. <laughs> well, there you go. So, my Big Rapids experiences have been nice. You have to be a truly special kind of insane to not only go to school there, but come out of there and not want to just go live there afterwards. Wow. <laughs> it's there. You can quickly get turned into a townie at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Would you move to this town in Nebraska or whatever, where these people wear red? I don't think so. Absolutely not. I would never move to Nebraska in general. Well, I mean, I heard that if you're going to live in Oklahoma, there's some tax incentives now. Oh. They'll just, like, actually just straight up give you some money if you move to Tulsa. Dude, that's fucking sick. Right? Don't they have, like, aren't they, like, selling electricity or whatever in, in, uh, in Texas now? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that what Ted Cruz was hollering, like, come to Texas for the electricity? We grow come it to, here. Come to the electricity that we uh, will not have working properly when we need it to work. At we this grow house. the electricity here, though. Out of, <laughs> right out of the ground. We're Enron. Texas is powered by flags with keys or kites with keys. And that's it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that actually makes sense. That's that's their idea of green energy. I, I think that you're actually touching on something no one's ever thought of before. Harnessing the power of lightning strikes for energy. You, know, you can't <laughs> harness the power of lightning strikes. That's, Why not? Like, you can if they you're, did it in Frankenhooker. You can if you're what? Is it Ben Franklin that discovered electricity? Yeah, but well, he you're Doc it. Brown and Marty McFly and know where the lightning's going to strike. You, you don't know, need to know. You just put a bunch of fucking kites up there with keys attached. <laughs> make sure that they're all attached to the main power. You're set. That's you how know, we farm the electricity. Ultimately, after watching Tuong Fu here, I would love to see uh, 
Chi-Chi, Nagzima, and Vita try and discover a new source of green energy because... Booty shaking. What? What? They don't what? shake booty in the movie too often. Yeah, because it's in the just... 90s, we know the powder, power of the booty. We did. I know yes, we, we did. We had two live crew in the 80s. Sure, sure. The 80s booty. understood the power of the booty, but the 90s didn't, and the early 2000s didn't. And that's what yeah. you recognize it's... when you watch Rock of Love, is that they didn't know the power of booty. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is so wrong. You are talking, you are completely negating <laughs> mystical, the entire... Um, what is Master P's record label? No Limit Records. You are completely negating all Atlanta hip-hop, all Memphis. Josh, you are not being Erasure. aware. No, you're right. You're right. I just don't know the and power of the booty. The 90s booty? Dude, we had... Uh, what, Baby uh, Got Back. We had Baby Got Back. We had um, Music Factory. What is that? Uh, see, 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 music factory. see this Groovies is something I'm completely heart. ignorant on. I'm learning. These are all these are all movie songs and stuff you need to know before you watch Tu Wong Fu. Uh, because the, it's gay culture, 90s gay culture. Which there is male booty in this movie. Like the, the booty is on display. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I think that like the music was highlighted in this movie because not only was it like popular songs, but they were like dance remixes to the popular song and stuff like that you know like they had girls just want to have fun and it was somehow dancier than it was originally <laughs> i loved it what i see as when i was older in the late 2000s going to gay bars and stuff like that meeting you know your detroit and grand rapids drag queens and what have you i see it's always it's always club remixes of like the music in movies like this and i guess yeah. party monster and even priscilla queen of the desert like those things are such a staple of gay queer culture as it is that like if you had one of these movies without it people would be like what the fuck is this this isn't gay enough i don't like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not enough booty shaking this isn't gay enough get it out of here for me listen we stayed in the closet for that long not to shake an ass every once in a while hey dude, that's a great point that's a great <laughs> fucking point man uh, but are, like are there gay people involved in the production of this movie are there drag people involved like there was a bunch of uh drag pe- participants in the prepping for this because all of our stars actually went and hung out in new york during the scene oh and actually got involved and tried to learn as much as they could leading up to the film okay yeah so that they actually had people who were embedded in the scene helping them prepare and like showing the moves and all that kind of stuff so i'm sure it extended the 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 length of the production you know mm-hmm but uh, yeah, there were. This was supposed to be true to form. Well, you know, as true to form as it could be in a movie, as such, you know. Mm-hmm. Every <clears throat> research or anything I've ever done about this movie or watched any YouTube thing about it, it's always goes back to the same thing as Wesley Snipes, Leguizamo, and Swayze were very much like they went into this because won the challenge. Too, because they wanted to be, you know, people who broke this stereotype of how queer people, drag queens, etc., were looked at in the '90s. Yeah, and they, in my opinion, you know, they work with all these famous drag queens, which have all these cameos in this movie, 
And it really, it is the advent of accepting queer culture into a mainstream society because this movie did great at the box office. You got to figure you have those three in the 90s at that time, Mm -hmm. like a melting pot of actors of a wide array who can do these things and were up for this challenge and ultimately in 1995 didn't make light of queer culture and everything. So it's really cool to look at from kind of like a a sociological standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's ultimately like, what a fucking incredible movie. How can you not watch this movie and just be like, I need to meet 30 drag queens right now. Well, the first (laughs) time that I watched it, I didn't think that at all. I was like, this is not like drag queen culture they don't wear their drag to bed or whatever yeah well that was that was a thing that we all talked about while we were watching this you know and like everything that i've seen like especially like on rupaul and stuff like that it's they're only really done up while they're performing while they're chilling and stuff like that yeah they're They're not clowns all the time they're just clowns they want to be so ultimately (laughs) But yeah, when when all three of the ladies went to bed, they were all still done up. And I brought up the fact that maybe they did that in case there was an emergency and they had to run out of the room. Yeah, they, they need wouldn't to pass all the time. Yeah, they wouldn't, you know, throw their, you know, their their cover. Are they covering? I is that the right word? <laughs> they're they're not gonna want to run out of the hotel and some be like, Miss Nagzima, why are you bald? <laughs> they don't want to out themselves. Yes, ultimately, yes. So I'm sure their guard was high. that does make sense to me. I'm sure their guard was high. Because at the beginning of the movie, it does show them putting on their drag, and they all have the same, like, progression of shit. Oh, like a ritual, yeah. They put on the stockings, and they love it. And then they do their makeup, and they love it. And then they put on their wig, and they love it. And they all do it. Yeah. In different ways, but it's all going on, except for... Chi-Chi, she's introduced just out on the street, so... Oh, yeah, she's already getting yelled at. I love started getting yelled at. I how did how did you feel about the relationship between Nagzima and Veda first before going and introducing Cheesy to it? You know, well, are they doing like a mom and dad thing where Nagzima's the dad and uh, and Veda's the mom? I guess I don't I don't even think that they're doing like a mom and dad thing. Like like you mentioned that they were like the elder stateswomen of the drag scene. So, sure. You know, like they were taking Chi Chi under their wings because Veda wanted to help her, but Naxima didn't really. You know, like that was the whole thing. It just seems to me that Naxima is like doing the drag thing, and Vita is not at all. Like, How so? Vita is is living as a woman. Like Vita is a transgender woman. Okay. And, and Noxima is in drag, you know? I hear you. Well, they they go on to define it later on in the film and stuff like She's, that. Yes, and then they say that yeah. the full stage of being full drag is living as a woman is basically yeah. what they're saying. And it's like, well, is it? I don't think that it is. Like, I think that being a drag person is like being a drag person and putting on your clown makeup and going out, you know? Well, they, I like how you keep saying clown makeup. It's well, like, we'll come to a term called clown fucker later, which is a... It's the lead-in. It's and, the lead-in. And it's what you. I identify as. A like, I, I identify in this movie that I go out and I put on my clown makeup, but it's only for fun. You know, like, it's not that I yeah. identify as a clown. It's that I... I well, you are a clown. But you I am. You don't identify as one. It's what you are in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> There's no change in those colors, man. It's true, but it's also, like, an art form, as is yeah. drag, right? Like, yeah, you exactly. learn how to it's do what drag, you are. and you learn how to do clowning. Like, clowning is a serious part of being an actor. Mm-hmm. Not everybody learns how to clown, but, like, Willem Dafoe knows how to clown. <laughs> 
And he comes out and he's like, Ah, I'm the Green Goblin. I'm gonna grab your I'm gonna grab your junk. So quick pivot. <laughs> Speaking of William Defoe, imagine if anybody in this movie was swapped out with William Defoe, who would you want it to be? And could you imagine William Defoe in that role, Josh? Sweezy. Swayze, you'd swap out. Yeah, because I mean, you, the them being ethnic is the is the, is part the key thing yeah. of the other two characters. I think every white man who loves acting tried out for the Vita part. That's what I know, <laughs> and I don't know why they took Swayze. I think it's because he took it so seriously. I don't know. He's so macho and manly. He's he's also so he's light. hairless and manly in 1995, dude. That is gay wet dream material to this day like get out of here yeah yeah but he's not playing like a drag queen he's playing like he's a, playing a very masculine drag queen yeah, it's like the funny he's thing playing like a transgender woman and it's like like he okay so as far as it goes like his sexuality is he is a gay transgender woman you know he's into women he's not like so he's playing a character who who is into women not who's into men like uh, as the movie goes on, Chi-Chi is trying to pick up men. Noxima is kind of sexless. It's kind of weird. Well, because, you know, Noxima's probably fucked so much in her early 20s that she can chill and not fuck right now in that hillbilly ass down and be fine with it. Is that I respect what she's that. doing? Patrick's, Maybe. Patrick Swayze got this role after improvising a 30-minute monologue inspired by the bullying he suffered as a boy taking ballet in Texas. Ah, and then he learned how to fight, and then he beats up his new girlfriend's husband. <laughs> yes. Partners, husband, yeah. thank you. That's why he get, that's how he got the role, was, was he really impressed them with the monologue. Okay. It wasn't something about him doing, like, an extremely fierce catwalk. No. no. I thought I'd heard something he about that. He doesn't do any catwalking in this movie. No, okay, no, that is not right. Because if at, you truly, at the very beginning, there's some catwalking happening, but Vita doesn't do it. One of the things most drag queens that I know that have had this discussion about this movie is is the grace and you, grace is all in the step when it comes to drag queen drag stuff. Well, we know that Swayze's got grace. Well, we ultimately see Grazy Swayze showing how graceful he is in heels and throughout various parts of the movie oh, yeah. and that is a big oh, yeah. thing because drag queens especially back in the 90s would call that shit out like this bitch ain't walking right man. like he's Swayze, used to walking Swayze. on his uh like the pads of his feet though oh, yeah because he's a dancer you know yeah the fact that anyone would even argue with Swayze about this movie and say this isn't right for you it w- is unimaginable to me because <laughs> it's like the it's the perfect Swayze role I liked how Nagzima and Veda um really laid into calling Chi Chi a little Latin boy in drag and then made like really drove the point home that like hey you have to earn these titles. Yeah, because right now you are a boy. Yeah. And like, you want to be a queen. Yeah, and it's like you, you have you have to like But Chi Chi's like, I want to be a princess, not a queen. Exactly. You have to like, so, like Vita's Chi-Chi. cool with getting to step three of four is my understanding. Yeah. To, to just three of them out of the four? Yeah, uh, larger than life. Uh, yeah. she, but she was always larger than life. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Well, the four rules that we go on to, to learn that you have to achieve to be, before becoming a queen is, one, may good thoughts be your sword and shield. Two, 
to ignore adversity. Three, to abide by the rules of love. And four, larger than life is just the right size. Yes, but what are the rules of love? What? What do you mean? All's fair in love and war. So there are no love rules. by Lockheed Martin. I don't know. Well, there no. are no rules. <laughs> well, Chi Chi was talking to Billy Billy Ray. Is that your food? No. Is someone outside honking? We'll Only once. It. It's fine. Okay. Mm. It was funny. <laughs> so more. So, so Chi Chi was talking to Billy Ray, right? And. Then Chi Chi realized that uh, Bobby Ray, Bobby Jean, Bobby, Bobby Ray, Bobby Ray is the boy. Is the boy Bobby Lee? Bobby Lee is the girl, and they're Bobbies, so they're they're <laughs> both de- destined to be together. Yes. And what will they name their child? Bob. 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 That's that's horrifying to me. But yeah, what when when Chi Chi acknowledges that it's probably not the best idea to get involved with this boy and then bows out, that's when Vita says that she you know had achieved number three and that she acknowledged the rules of love. Like, hey, maybe thinking about somebody else every once in a while is very important. Is that the rule of love? I don't know, maybe maybe being selfless and putting I think others the rule first. of love is Bobby goes with Bobby. Oh, that's those are the rules. Those are the rules. The the parts line up. The the names. Bobby they name their, and they, Bobby. They Bobby. have a kid and just name it a different uh spelling of Bobby. Like Bobber B I E. Bobber B O B I. Bob Bobble Bobble. Bobble. B A H B A I. Bobby. B O B I is a sick name for for a Bobby. That's terrible. B-O-B-I. I would hope my own kid yeah. bullied that kid, honestly. Bubby. Bubby. How did you feel about John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? I liked that as soon as he's like doing the numbers for all the bullshit, like what can we get the girls for a thousand dollars or whatever? He's like, here's this card to this car dealership, mention my name and get anything for $50. He gave them $1,000. They had 950 bucks to burn. Exactly. Hell yeah. So listen, here, we all know a sketchy kind of sugar gay daddy who's about to be like, I can get you a car for cheap and I'll throw you some money. And also, I'm going to be way too hairy and perfect in this movie for five minutes and then bounce the fuck on out. My name is Robin Williams. You can call me daddy. Like, straight up, Robin Williams being in that movie for that small amount of time. I believe he's also uncredited, yes, correct? correct. And also being one of the people who was considered to be one of the main three characters. Great. And when he says his name is my name too, come on. It, it, it. There's Robin Williams, man, is perfect, perfect for playing, like I said earlier, like perfect for playing such a queer character because he's such a goofball. Well, he's always that, so over the top, you know, so he fits right he, in in he, a drag queen four, movie. Four fucking minutes. Robin Williams is in that movie and like, boom, spiced on and it. Cherry like, on top of the sundae. It's a completely different character than he's doing in the birdcage, right? Because in the birdcage, he's like a macho daddy. And in this movie, he's very much like he's a, very a femme queen daddy. Yeah. <laughs> So I he knows it. how to do two different kinds of gay, which is <laughs> well, all, you, all more the flavors, most. all of them. No, it's more <laughs> than most. It's more than most men know. Yeah. So like that, that's pretty nice. Robin yeah. Williams is a man on the gay spectrum of acting, at least arguably. Dude, what, one thing that you brought up while we were watching it that I thought was an interesting question was the idea of passing. 
Yeah. Yeah, because like when we grew when we were growing up in the nineties and stuff like that, the idea of anyone dressing in drag or being transsexual or anything like that passing was something that was uh, a major concern. Like, yeah. do you think they they wandered around that, or do they think they they kind of like took it head on in this? Like, so ultimately, here's the thing with this movie because obviously Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze are the most chiseled ass dudes to play two drag queens like very obviously like quote unquote not passing the term that was the common thing in the 90s which we shun now because lame um but ultimately you know passing was one of those things that people were concerned about if you are femme queer person in the 90s and stuff that if you know if you were hitting on somebody in a bar all the standard ground rules the this gay guy tried to attack me, like another guy's being a woman, like all that stuff was a very big concern. Mm-hmm. So that being tackled directly like it is in the movie, um, obviously not as nuanced as we think about it now, but ultimately, like I kept saying through the movie, what town are you going to go to that's this small and these three roll in and you're like, these three hot, ba- these three babes right here. Like only they, the I, one woman in town knows. Only that the one, the apples. only one woman in town that noticed that Adam's apple, and probably not those throbbing peckers that those three had in that she's movie. She's hiding those the drug, she's like, yeah. I'm gonna have the, I'm gonna have these drag queens fuck me. But I mean, hey, <laughs> I that, don't think she felt no, that at all. Not at all. She, she was, she was just like, I need a soft ass man here to beat my bitch husband's ass, like. Perfect. Dude, um, like, Virgil seems- sucks so much. Virgil sucks so fucking much, man. Like, oh, you know what? Man, man, isn't like passing like an interesting concept though? Because like you want to pass so you don't get beat up in public by people being like, "Oh, men shouldn't dress like women." But you don't want to pass when you're in a romantic situation because you don't want to have to spring on them at a certain point well, that you have a dick. Oh, I mean, ultimately, I mean that's not necessarily something I I only know from my friends who uh show fat more fam and everything but um i mean i guess i would look at it the same way as if like putting on the mask of acting a little more straight around people whereas sure. like you know mm-hmm. a lot of drag especially the history of queer presenting femme men who you know trans people drag queens etc who get this shit beat out of them murdered etc etc um, and we see that, which is obviously translate to why trans issue is such a big thing now. Well, it's like Chi-Chi put herself in a dangerous situation by trying to date Bobby Ray. She yeah. did, but Chi-Chi, here's the thing. Chi-Chi's muy caliente. She's obviously, like, down for some danger. Which but does she, I, know, does she even know that she's in danger? It's I, my question, because the, the script, like, seems to suggest that she doesn't know when she's in danger, because throughout the movie, she puts herself in danger. See, that's the thing, is I think she's, like, it's supposed to insinuate she's, like, this little Latin gay boy in a dr- dress from New York. It just seems strange that that person wouldn't know that they're putting themselves in danger. Yeah, but I mean, I guess every gay person I know will put themselves in some various form of danger on and being that's able really to have like a fun time. Because like being gay does put you in danger if you're trying to like engage in hookup culture and shit. Even Just still, now, yes, <laughs> yes, Just, like live. Yeah, yeah, it's very dangerous to be an out gay person, and like this movie doesn't really seem to make that clear because all of the all of the drag queens are very muscular men who could beat up anybody who was fucking with well, them. Well, except Chi-Chi. She yeah. seems like 
tiny. Exactly. Like, she's obviously she, supposed to well, be the more like. Chi Chi was way. also the only one that was having any kind of romantic relationship mm-hmm. in the film. Well, no, I think that Vita was as well. I don't think so. You don't think the, the relationship with uh, what, what was her name, Carolyn or Marianne? No, no, I don't think. I don't. I think that was just platonic friendship. She just want to have said, a lady around. Yeah, she's at the end. She's like, I don't think of you as a man. I don't think of you as a woman. I think of you as an angel. I think that that's fucked up. I think that that's the same idea as having like a, a fucking restroom with a unicorn on it or whatever. Oh, you know? <laughs> I, I'm picking up what you're laying down. You know, like this person chooses to identify as a woman. Yeah. And you're going to say, I don't think of you as a man or a woman. I think of you as an angel. Yeah, I'm gender blind. (laughs) I'm species blind almost. (laughs) Honestly, it's like this movie, I think, is backwards in a lot of ways. Like, But I don't think it's necessarily bad. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that it has bad ideas to give to anybody, except for people who are worried about traps, quote unquote. You know, it's like because... Chi Chi is doing that, like actively oh, yeah. out there, quote unquote, pretending to be a woman, like however Listen, she identifies. Chi Chi's got the shoe with the bucket, the stairs. She's got the whole mousetrap game laid out flat. She knew she that was not her first little hick ass town she's ever oh, been to. She knew oh, she knew how to go in I there like and command this. that place. I like when this she, well, I mean, or hey, she throws this, the whole town into chaos and then she, rolls hey, and runs it. <laughs> some, sometimes you are that person who just rolls in there and people are like, oh, and that, OK. And, and that'll bring Question. me to where I started, which is that this movie's basically Roadhouse, but uh, they're drag queens <laughs> instead. They come into town now. So <laughs> they destroy everything and they throw everything into fucking flux. Circling back to dickhead vigil. Um Virgil, Vigil, Virgil, 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 yeah. Um, one of the thing, my earliest notes of this was: imagine how cool it would be to not only get your ass beat by a woman in drag, but that woman in drag was Patrick Swayze. And if they had just put one fucking roundhouse kick in this movie, it would not have the score it has on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Or right, die on that hill. <laughs> he kicked that door open. Yeah, Patrick but he did. Swayze kicked but that listen, door open. Virgil could have did a. Quick 360 and just fucking knock that motherfucker right out a window. I would have uh, imagined how great this movie would be with one throat rip. Just one. I, I'm saying, man, one window kick is my new uh, judgment on Patrick Swayze. If he gets a window kick into a movie, goddamn. You're about it. Hell yeah. Anybody gets kicked through a window by Patrick Swayze? You get kicked through a window by Patrick Swayze? Dude, I, if that woman came into my house and kicked my ass, I would develop a new fetish immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah. Im- I just imagine that that guy would be like, yeah, I remember this time I got my ass whooped by this man in a dress. Got my dick man. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think Cialis will get you? Get your ass whooped by Patrick Swayze just one time, lightly. <laughs> like that cop developed a whole new fetish based okay, on the okay, experience right. that they had. So, <laughs> fucking Sheriff Dullard. Oh, Chris Penn. Sher- Sheriff Dullard. Dull- Sheriff Dullard, excuse Sheriff me. Sheriff Dullard there. I. Uh, okay, it's all right. We just, I uh, love Chris this Penn. Is, this isn't even an elephant in the room. This man was obviously very taken by the fact that these three women that he's like, oh man, these are actually men and they're all of different races. He didn't mistake them for anything they weren't. No, he, he <laughs> Wait, knew. No, he, he did. Knew. At first but he first, did. At, at first. But like, he was probably just playing stupid. He's probably like, hmm, that this, lump in that lump in your crotch, uh, that well, just must be like, and that, that, lump lump, that, that lump in the crotch. 
that okay <laughs> that little wait, wait, piggy sorry. officer the little piggy officer <laughs> the little big i'm spitting out my that's, beard <laughs> that's okay little that's piggy. i'll just leave it at that he would have he would have been a very dirty little piggy if those if he had let those three have their way with them <laughs> if one of the other women had gotten out of the car he would have immediately submissed and gave them his handcuffs can you imagine wesley snipes just whipping out that dick like in that dress dressed like a 60s bond girl on top of it and just whapping mushroom stamping this motherfucker uh terrible terrible i couldn't imagine such a thing and it makes me disgusted well hopefully when they re-release this in 10 years for an anniversary or something they put some real graphic molly whopping in there what i'm hoping for at least very least before this scene started patrick swayze shoved a corn cob down his pants Oh, so when Chris Penn's assaulting him and feeling him up, feels the corn cob and that like, reaction oh. that we got to see on on frame. He's like, "Oh, your dick is so corny." Real ribbed for my pleasure. It, it was gigantic and ribbed. <laughs> that's Swayze's actual dick, gigantic I, and ribbed. I couldn't imagine how that would be. You know, just like Bumpy. going to do your scene as has been scripted. Yeah, and, and you and you start to feel up somebody's thigh, and you're like, they've tucked their dick back. They're they're a lady in this scene, and then you grab the corn on the cob. The modesty sock is on. You're like, mmm, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to butter me up. Um, what a hero! I don't believe that Veda would leave a shoe at that fucking interaction no she's too smart to be and, that dumb but like they could have taken the cop out of the movie and the, you don't need an antagonist to make this movie just like enjoyable we no just like we could have just enjoyed what happened and the enemy is like society and maybe the guy who beats his wife that's oh definitely the guy who beats, beats his, his wife. wife for sure but he could have been the big bad and that's, i think he should have been they should have given him now he was the car doctor but it turns out his wife was actually better at being a car doctor well, so here's my counterpoint to that, is I think in this kind of movie at this time, the quote-unquote subject matter being dicey for mainstream society, you do need a fat, bumbling, idiot, comic relief person like that. And a that. cop. Who better? And, exactly. First off, if you watch this movie and you're gay and you don't extra hate cops afterwards, like, poser, bye. I understand um, <laughs> they may have needed more than all. one bad guy, but, like, one could have been enough. Because that guy was in charge of their car he he could have been enough of an authority figure to be a problem, but instead he just turned out to be bumbling, and his wife was actually the one who was good at cars. Can you yeah. imagine if they would have had like a nowadays like homophobe ass cop like in that Kentucky ass town, like just beating the Christ out of those three with like a crowbar, like a flashlight they found in their truck? Yeah, they that just would call be their, their buddy. Like, that would be the remake of twenty twenty three. You know, you call the QAnon guys and you're like, Oof. "Look, they're indoctrinating my daughter to be gay." You know, I didn't even realize that those were their kids. I thought they were just kids about town. I didn't realize that the mechanic and his car doctor wife were uh, were the parents. Of children. Yeah, the, of the girls. All those boys that went to assault fucking Chi-Chi immediately after they have their town meeting. I don't know who those children belong to. <laughs> I, like, this is the same plot as fucking Roadhouse. He falls in love, Swayze that is, falls in love with the town doctor, only she's a car doctor, not a human oh. doctor. Right? 
Do you think that uh, same universe? <laughs> yeah, he loves doctors, whether it's for humans or cars or he, animals or or animals. Yeah, I think he could find a veterinarian who, who would like him just fine. Who did he have a veterinarian? He I'm just saying doctor. he could find one. He was a doctor in City of God. Are there any veterinarians in Red Dawn? Because that's usually who you recruit to be your doctor. Oh, in a post-apocalyptic situation? Uh-huh. That seems I'm sure there like was a horse doctor in Red Dawn. No horses in this film. No. I was looking out for horses. There were no horses. Was there at least a Mustang? Did we get a Mustang? No, there's barely any cars in this movie, dude. We had that Cadillac. But that's that, that caddy. Uh, the the convertible caddy, which is a recurring character from last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> Every, first of all, ultimate first note of this movie, road comedy. No, there's no bad road comedy. Even the worst road comedy is great. What about and I'm the- talking about Rat Race, which is the worst road comedy, but also one of the best. Rat Race is the worst road comedy? No, there's got to be a worse What about one. Children of God? No, Children of Men. That's the movie. Is it a road comedy? Ah, uh, sort of. Well, it's probably... Is it, Children right, of is Men it is fucking not supposed great. to be a comedy? It is not. It is a post-apocalypse situation where a woman is the last pregnant person who's ever existed. A woman is oh, the last new pregnant concept. person <laughs> to ever exist. You guys haven't seen the movie Children of Men? No. Fucking rules. Uh-huh. No, I haven't. Really good. Um... <laughs> I how how did you feel about the townsfolk? You know, now that we've gone over and what, who's your favorite? Virgil. You like you like the mom from Back to the Future? Is that what's going on there? No, Beth Grant was in this movie. Beth Grant. Yeah, she's she's the one the mom from Sparkle Motion and Donnie Darko. Well, we were on watch and we didn't even mention we're on Beth Grant. We watch. talked about this earlier. We could watch um, any bit. Beth Grant movie that ever existed. Do you know? Can you name another one? Nope. Can, any? Just try. You couldn't. Little Miss Sunshine. <sighs> okay, Sunshine. <laughs> I'm doing uh, Spirit Fingers. You're doing. You're doing. <laughs> spirit Fingers. Ultimately, I'm sorry. Those weren't Spirit Fingers. These are Spirit Fingers. I liked her, and I liked uh, the the older woman that was super into all the movies with Nagzima. That's my favorite. Yeah, person, when when they sure. sit down and talk about all the old films. My thing with a lot of these Clara. a lot of these lady characters, and I draw a direct line. I see the influence this movie has had in other forms of art. Obviously, like I was saying, Invisible Monsters by Chuck earlier. Um, but ultimately, Shit's Creek too. Like same mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh, Gays in a small yeah. ass town. Um, and you see these kind of like podunky, like you assume they're your backwoods, you know, narrow-minded folk, anti-queer, whatever. All the women are very forward-thinking in this film. All the women are very forward-thinking. And then the one man who's the stuttering asshole at the at the, at the store, he so- suddenly becomes uh, like a queen. Yeah, when and they the, give him a hat. Yeah, um, which I guess you know the direct line of. There, there's no fucking place in the United States that's a little podunk ass town like that where like a three queers could roll up to and like that's the over the course of a weekend that's the them all into gays. Made, we, it wasn't I even wish. a week it was like three it was, days it was, yeah. it was literally of fixing your Cadillacs 
time frame. <laughs> like, well, it was Saturday when they rolled up, or Friday, or whatever, and they just and they were Monday. They were hurt, hitting the old dusty trail Monday afternoon. Like they, they were didn't gone. even wait until the fucking festival was <laughs> over. Yeah, they, they they started the festival. They went inside. All right, they went and danced. They went inside, changed, and then beast the fuck out before everyone even went home. True big drag energy is like that. Like I'm here. I made a spectacle and. Ghost afterwards. <laughs> so what happens after they leave? Virgil moves back into his house, continues beating his wife. No, I think don't they close that tie up or he leaves town, by... but she doesn't like have a gun or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was the '90s and shootings weren't as popular then, so they probably just went the real PG-13 route about it. I, like if I was Vita, I would take her to the gun store and buy her a big shotgun. With, yeah, right. with yeah, 300 right. of 90 of you got them. Okay, first of all, the hands in this movie, like I keep saying, yeah, Wesley you Snipes. You were so hand, distracted by Wesley, Wesley Snipes', Snipes hands. hands in this movie are bigger than most of the people's torso. Like he could hold a movie. basketball in his hand. He could hold a basketball in somebody else's head in the same <laughs> palm. So like, but the funny, like, okay, Swayze though, like, why would Swayze need to shoot somebody? You're gonna get your ass whooped with Swayze's paddle of a hand, too. Like, <laughs> wham! He smacked him and then, it <laughs> and punched, then punched him. him. Listen, that that movie right there, that's, that's the most pro-feminist thing I've ever seen in a movie. Is a man striking <laughs> another man. Is a drag man. queen hitting a man, <laughs> slapping him like a punk, and then... A man dressed as a drag queen punching a man who hates women. You know what? The queers have always been at the forefront of women's rights, and we're here to beat men up. So, cool. (laughs) I loved when Thedom just kicked that door in. Yeah, you gotta love the kick out the door. It was so fucking cool. I wanted wanted to kick out the window. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Everything they do that's, like, fairly hyper-masculine, while the dichotomy of them being, like, so femmy otherwise is... A total joy in this movie. I do think that that's like a lot of what that's like the central purpose of the movie, right? Is like it's so funny because they're masculine men and they're dressed as women, and that's like not necessarily a progressive message, but it's funny. It's okay as somebody who's always been like, I need to pour put on this sort of facade growing up with mm-hmm. my whole self. Like I can identify with that, but ultimately I've grown up around people who taught me how to fight and everything, which is not the typical gay thing people do but it is the typical Swayze upbringing where he has all this like feminine coded stuff going on in his life but he has to learn how to be stereotypically masculine to fight people off Patrick Swayze is just a man of many hats and one happens to be a nice bowler hat and one happens to be a floppy southern hat that's it yeah I never thought about that as one of his hats but it is Do do you think he's still one of his hats from north and south Oh, like one of Ashton's hats. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sexy. I do know that all of the cast members hated their outfits so much so that when they completed filming, they burned their wigs and makeup and costumes. Yes, I don't even are know we? If that's true because Swayze bar- loved his shit, dude. He so, he loved revisiting Vita. He would occasionally, uh, you know, kept, think about it. He kept one wig because it was auctioned off on that site. But they they did go and burn a bunch of their shit because they're like, it took too long to get dressed. So that's what I was going to say when we were discussing about the tumultuousness that was the uh, sets. Ultimately, it was like the hot sets. Uh, From what I understand, it was, you know, again, like I was saying earlier, 
the drag queens are going to be very, very, like, you need to be doing this, 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 and this very specifically because there's a lot of traditions and how you walk, et cetera, et cetera, how you present. And these guys are busting their ass, like, out for 12 hours a day, fully caked up. Like, they, from what it sounded like, it was after a while, they just got, like, pissy and were just like, eh, fuck this. But they revisited about how, like, oh, this was such a great filming experience. Like, we learned so much. We did this and that. And they kind of, like... I mean, it got a little rough for a minute, but what do you expect? We're filming for four months in fucking Utah. Like, okay. mm. Mm. It, It's strange to me that this is a Wesley Snipes vehicle. Yeah. Like, this was made for Wesley Snipes. Dude, so. th- th- this this came out fucking after Demolition Man. Yeah, like, and he was feminized already in Demolition Man, right? Like, Demolition Man was kind of like a weird, like, uh, like queer menace character, he was like doing a Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's just strange to me because I'd be remiss to not mention the thing that I always mention, which is the feminization of black men, which Dave Chappelle always talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave Chappelle isn't right about everything, but uh, he, I think he was onto something there. I, I don't know what it is, and I'm not to, here to say whether Wesley Snipes thinks that it was a fun decision or not. But uh, Dave Chappelle says that. You know, all black men, if they get to a high enough point in their career, they're going to have to be white women or just women in general. It's mm-hmm. true. But white chicks, you know. Well, they did, They wrote those. The Waynes wrote those. Sure. Sure. Like. So is that them commenting on the thing that Hollywood makes black men do, which is become women? Or is that just something that somehow I think it was just the Wayans brothers being fucking the Wayans brothers and being like, let's write a ridiculous ass movie because the <laughs> we're getting all this scary movie money right now. We can oh, yeah. for sure oh, write yeah. a movie the about us like being white chicks. It's so funny. It's I. I was in the hospital one time, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, and I had a night orderly stay in my room, like, went through her rounds, came back to my room, and we watched White Chicks together, like, one o'clock <laughs> in the morning. In- incredible time. Um, but So I do want to circle back to the feminization of Wesley Snipes in this movie. Sure, yes. Ultimately, so I have two real big bullet points of Wesley Snipes. First off, um, well, one will do a... One A, one A, and one B. So first, um, Wesley Snipes' outfits in this movie incredible. Um, Everyone's outfits in this movie were incredible. Wesley Snipes' outfits though beat the piss out of everyone else. I like the red outfit with the with the fluffy titties. Again, like I was saying, Wesley Snipes looking like a nineteen sixties like go go like a girl you'd see. Oh, we've entered fashion corner. Entered fashion corner, but okay. The bond, the bond well, outfits. The bond, the bond yeah. girl outfits. Yeah. But here is the most badass thing ever: Wesley Snipes in a ginger fucking wig. Oh my god! Is that the most ridiculous, incredibly drag queen thing in the fucking world? <laughs> I like how it, it is. It was at, on while while Maxime was hiding under a bed. <laughs> okay. The, the best and then, there the, is, and then there's, the shoulder lift of the bed back <laughs> okay you see ginger ass six foot whatever Wesley Snipes like picking up a bed that Wendy's wig on like you are immediately like this is queer icon I just Day think that like since Wesley Snipes is doing like that stereotypically masculine it was, shit it was a like, Peg Bundy wig Really? It looked like a Peg Bundy or like a B-52's wig. 
I just feel like he wasn't willing to go all in on the situation, you know, since he doesn't get a love storyline and since he does some, like, fairly masculine shit throughout the movie. Well, that's the thing. He's obviously supposed to be the bully queen. That's such a mm. trope. That mm. Especially you put the bully queen alongside the uh, the actual feminine queen, the, and they both the, went the side mother, by side. The mother hen, the house leader, at, or... Yeah, if yeah she the, ma- lived, the house mom. If she lived at some kind of a, a, a queen fraternity. A sorority? <laughs> sorority, yeah. Oh, yeah. If only, oh, my God. <laughs> Sometimes I forget I, what things are called, and then I'm like, ah. The drag sorority? Oh, my God. Oh I were the drag sorority. That'd be sick. I have a bunch, we have a bunch of gays up in our chapter right now, and I cannot imagine if they were out there falling, going think, full drag. <laughs> I think you should make all of the straight ones dress in drag, and then all the gay ones judge. They already like to dance on each other with no shirts on, so I'm just going to let them do what they're doing with their young self. Pose. <laughs> I would not dance with another person. How did you feel Ever. about all the outfits? <laughs> Only myself. In the the fine the or well, we had two out big outfit things, right? We had the fashion show. The fashion show is such an epilogue; like it doesn't even matter. I the, the, they found a bunch of cool clothes from the sixties in a box. So oh like, yeah, yeah, that was cool. That fashion show. And then while that was happening, That's we also her montage. Yeah, we we got to see Nagzima really put Tommy in his place. Who the fuck is Tommy? Tommy was the boy that was like oh the guy from the them. store. Yeah, the well, stutter no. man. No, no, Tommy was the the, the the dumbass, badass with the jean jacket. Oh yes, yeah. yes, and yes. She hog. Yeah, and he learns his, that he was gay that day. Grabbed his dong and brought brought him over and had him say hello to everyone. This is how you talk to you women. know that that that's the love interest. It never been kissed. Like that's the guy that Drew Barrymore wants to kiss in that movie. Good evening. Yeah, ladies. Yeah, good evening, ladies. That guy. Huh. Well, he he had a good outfit at the end. I feel like they like all the all the the sexual assault boys. <laughs> I don't want to playfully call them that, but all the boys That's that go to s- sexually assault uh, Chi-Chi all came out in little red outfits, and it seems as if they had been vindicated by the by the the community. They're like, oh, yeah, you've been washed clean of your <laughs> sins. Are, yeah, don't those worry. are our boys. They love sexually assaulting people. But don't, don't worry. worry. <laughs> They're good boys. Everybody gets one. <laughs> Oh, and, God. and and they they were just dancing with everybody. I mean, like everybody. Well, I think we know the description of the episode. Everybody gets one. That's the nice wholesome thing about it is like these boys who were mean are now like open and uh, it's a very whitewashed. Cool. I wish in twenty twenty two that could still be the world, but unfortunately, it is not. If this movie came out this year, it would be a lot more complicated, and it would probably be a drama instead of oh a comedy. I would not want to watch this. I'd watch. No, I'd, sorry, I'd, I'd watch, watch any remake. cut of this. I, I it would. could be a horror movie, and I would watch this. I'd watch this movie any day. Well, like of the I week. said, imagine if the movie instead of being a road comedy turned into like a deep, dark drama after they successfully killed the cop. I'm just saying, Priscilla, the Queen the of the so, Desert is so, close to that. So what you're saying, you want this to start this way, but then all of a sudden it's going to turn into a Thelma and Louise? Can you just imagine how great that <laughs> fucking movie would be? <laughs> I think that the first act of this movie goes on a little long. Like, It makes it feel like it should be one act starting, two act, the second act in the town, the third act in Hollywood, but it's not. It's the first act is getting going, and the second and third act are in the town. That is one of my only qualms yeah. about this movie, is that it is 
very long rising action to the payoff to boop to barrel. Um, to boop uh, to barrel. Boop to barrel. Um, but I mean, what's their ultimate goal? They got to fucking get to Hollywood and hopefully one of those three is like Miss Drag USA. What does it even matter? What do they win? $500? I don't know. Uh, that's so 50 ultimate, bananas. Okay, so Chi Chi got a crown. Chi Chi did get a crown. And she got to meet Julie Newmar. Thanks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she did. I'm just picturing this hyper violent Thelma and Louise boys don't cry version of this movie. That we've invented between the two of us. Oh, God, Me and I Steven. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I uh Do you think if that movie was to come out now and they were to, you know, do part comedy, part real dark shit, do you think there would be some full root in the movie? I don't know who could direct it. Who's someone who puts dongs in movies now? Anyone. Ari Aster. Nope, that's a comedian. Ari Aster. (laughs) Yeah. I imagine somebody like Wes Anderson making that movie, but making it, like I said, like... Wes Anderson would make this movie very good. While this was actually filming, the director, uh, fucking B-Ban Kidron, was pregnant, right? Oh, so B-Ban Kidron is a woman. Yeah. She was pregnant. You know, I could tell this was directed by a woman in the very first scene when they're all doing their drag dances and there isn't a focus on the ass of the one person who's shaking their ass really hard. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, B.B. Kidron is a woman. Well, she she was pregnant while she was making this and while she was talking to the production and stuff like that, if there were for some reason she wasn't able to, you know, like finish the directing duties, Steven Spielberg was chomping at the bit. Oh, Steven, mm-hmm. I'm Steven. I'm Steven Spielberg. I yeah. want to make a movie. Yeah, he's like, if you can't do this, I'll I'll do it for you. Fuck that. He, 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 was, he was excited. He would have sucked at it. Yeah. This is a feminine gaze movie. They're called lesbians. <laughs> Lebos. Yeah, I I thought this was great. I liked they they squeezed in a Via Con Dios at the end. Oh, you got to have a Via Con Dios. Yeah. I loved it. I think if I ever make a movie, it will be Vicondios. That's just going to be the title of it. Yeah, Vicondios. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you you will meet many gods throughout the course of the film, and you mm-hmm. have to choose which one blesses your journey. <laughs> yeah? Where, where you just pray into different Swayze's? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I pray to you, uh, to, to Wong Fu, um, make this movie good. And if this movie is good, then Julie Newmar will also be in it. Yeah. So Julie Newmar's got to be dead by now, right? Uh, she'd be very old if she wasn't, it wasn't, was, was still alive. This movie ignores all other cat women. <laughs> you want an Anne Hathaway section? No, I don't care about Anne Hathaway. I want Kravitz is our <laughs> goddess. I want to talk no, ab- well, about all the places to find homos. Okay, first. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's where uh, I yeah, want to okay. talk about. We, we, one by one. We had a list of five, right? The first one was flower shops. <laughs> how do we, we fare for finding the homos at the flower shop, boys? I've been looked. to a flower shop in the past two months, so. Ooh. Did you find any homos? Well, I mean, it's the only one there, so uh, when I walked by anything reflective, yes, there was one that stood out to me. <laughs> that one's gorgeous. Okay. I'd fuck that guy. <laughs> All right, so so we can say a check mark for number one. Okay, so is this just a, pl- a list of places? Steven Are you going to ask me if I've month? been to these five places Maybe. in the past? <laughs> That's fine. Maybe. Can like we it? find at least one homo there? <laughs> 
Number two was a ballet school. I've not been to a ballet school. That does I, not sound like a place to find a homo unless it's the instructor. The Magic Kingdom. <gasps> or the Magic Kingdom. Number three was a flight attendance lounge. Okay, so I don't now even know this what the one, fuck this means. I haven't been to one in a couple years, but I've been to not only a flight, a flight pilots and flight attendants bar, but also a like Delta Sky Lounge where they happen to be hanging out. Okay, I so that's a very good spot. Male flight attendants are like culturally understood to be homosexual, and there's like a lot of gay pilots out there too, man. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But you don't like, gotta. What about like are the women drag queens? Is that what what we're to understand? He should have put basketball games incredible. on the list, dude. Yeah, he should have put women's basketball, games. especially with the basketball scene. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, that was fucked up. Like, I think that, that might be the most fucked up joke in the movie. Is that is that basketball players, female basketball players, look like men in drag? That's that's kind of fucked up for a movie about gay culture. Okay, nineteen ninety five. Comma, also a joking stereotype. Is this the forever. same year that basketball came out? <laughs> I don't think so. I think basketball I think four was years later. This. 99. No, it's like 99. It must have been after because I can think of higher film quality in basketball. This film is not very high quality in terms of That's the film life. itself. Yeah, this is me. The writing is good, mm-hmm. but the, the actual camera. Well, basketball came out in uh, 98. Hell yeah. And they had seen this movie. Yeah, they had to have seen this movie. I do think that they, they had seen everything. Number four, restaurants for brunch. Oh, pff, duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to two brunch places I went to two brunches this week. I went to two brunches this weekend. <laughs> and I can guarantee you that at least a quarter of the people there were gays. <laughs> I, I actually almost went to three, but one didn't have crab cakes at the time I wanted, and I just instead got drunk yesterday instead of <laughs> eating food. <laughs> and number five, antique shops. I, I hate really antiques. I hate antiques. I'm not an old gay, but I've watched Shit's Creek, and ultimately that shop is just a gay antique shop. So, yeah, likely. Likely. I think this guy has a like a misunderstanding of where to go. He's looking for gay guys, not drag queen women. Yeah. You know, like. I, which that's what makes his bumbling idiocy so funny. Like <laughs> And those are the five places you can find homos if you're looking for them. At the gay bar. At the, at the gay, yeah. bar, gay bar. Doesn't even think the gay bar. Doesn't even think the yeah. YMCA. He's well, never seen a doesn't gay Doesn't even bar think a park life. bathroom. Like, come on, man. This is 1995. <laughs> George Michael just got busted. You know exactly. If you see someone with one single big ass earring, you are following that motherfucker through the park, whatever way they go. God damn. <laughs> God damn. Well, Stephen, thank you for your uh, copping insight. We can be <laughs> we can be cops now and look for the gays out in the uh, world. Who'd want to be a gay cop? You no want to add uh, public parks to the list? Hey, man, that's not my fault. That's where my people have been. Public parks fucking and gay bars. Water I think that parks. if like he had to have a list of, he only had a list of four, right? Five. five. Oh, he had a list of five. I would take flower shops off the list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's I. I even no, though Stephen was at the flower shop. I, I gotta say ballet school. <laughs> it was the only one we could confirm. Well, we can take two off the list. We can take ba- ballet school off the list as well. That's where you find a Patrick Swayze. Now where you find a fucking gay person. Ultimately, I say again. I say ballet school because you're only gonna find one gay man there, which is likely the teacher. 
Uh, secondly, like, again, there's so many other gay spots you can pick aside from fucking ballet. School. It's also like, you know, it's the year 2022. If you want to find a gay person, you can just like go to any place of business and there's probably a gay person working there because yeah. gay people are well, a large assume. percentage of the population. Queer people, not necessarily gay people, but <laughs> queer people are a very large percentage of the population. How did you feel about the Strawberry Festival? I like that they all were red. I do like that they all wore red as well. I do like strawberries, and that would probably be the most I would deal with a festival as Where do they even grow fucking strawberries? Yeah, in the desert or wherever they were. That's not right. But, like, with with Dullard coming into town with his shotgun and his bullhorn, <laughs> and then climbing all over uh, an awning and, like, give me those... Those boys in dresses, bring them out here, blah, blah, saying all that offensive shit, you know? And they all come out and they're all like, I'm Spartacus. Yeah, Carol Ann comes out in, in a red veil and a red va- dress and just looking looking like a cloud of red, right? She walks right up to Dullard and goes, hey, that shoe you've got, that's my shoe. I'm a drag queen. And then the rest of the town all comes out also and says, I'm a drag queen. I'm a drag queen. None of this is real, you know? It's all art. I Where I understand that this is a movie and that probably wouldn't happen in real life. <laughs> how how quick do you think a small town would warm up to three drag queens that rolled in? Well, it depends on how personable they are. Well, I mean, like, if it's Wesley Snipes, John Leguizamo, and Patrick Swayze rolling in, I'm going to, I'm folding immediately. Well, I'm like, let me, let's, let's be best friends. First, I would need to know what year did these three drag queens roll up into a small town like this? Um, subtract that from the year it is now and then add another 30. And that's probably when that town would be like, yeah, this is cool. This is sick. So what you're saying is in 50 more years, this town's going to be fine with it. Never, ultimately. (laughs) Yeah, because it's always the future. Yeah. Uh, Seven years in the future. Seven years. In the near future. This was made 30 years ago. Tomorrow. It's like, oh shit, tomorrow Mm -hmm. was 30 years ago. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that they did, like, the ending was cool. I thought that it was a nice way to wrap it up, especially in the town, and then send the send the girls on their way. They go to their drag show, and everybody does their fucking their dances, and Chi-Chi wins. What did know? Swayze give Doctor Sexy in Roadhouse to remember him by? The clap. He he stayed. I thought. <laughs> no, he left. He did not leave at the end of Roadhouse. He's he like, had to have. He's, he's like, maybe I'll hang out. Oh God! Apparently, we gotta watch free. We gotta rewatch Roadhouse again. It was only six months ago. Maybe you guys are just bad at swazing. He <laughs> leaves town. A Rolling Stone <laughs> gathers no moss. I know that for a fact. You're right. You're right. A Rolling Stone does gather no moss. And what's Swayze other than a Rolling Stone? I don't know. Fla- soaring stone flying through know. the air. A Sharon Stone. A Sharon Stone. Holy <laughs> shit, Sharon Stone. I, I would be, I would want to believe that that woman's my wife. I, I would I would as well. Hot damn, Sharon Stone, Ooh, baby. So we, we we've gone over this movie, and as Stephen had kind of you know teased a little bit, we found some alternative casting. Mm, mm. Tell us all the men that tried out for the Vita part. We yes, ha- Vince, I have two names for Vita, and and a few more for uh, just leads in general, right? Vigo Mortensen and Mel not even popular yet. And Mel Gibson both went out for Vita. 
Yeah, well, we've seen what women want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that would be what we get out of Mel Gibson in this movie. So fuck that. <laughs> Gary Oldman was approached, but he had just gotten done with Dracula and didn't want to be wearing all that makeup again. So he passed on it. But we also approached Matt Dillon, Robert Downey Jr., Rob Lowe, and James Spader. Okay. And two of those are Swayze adjacent. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I'm here for... Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. and for sure Rob you didn't Lowe mention my, shit, but he would have like way bigger my, icon status at this point <laughs> if, he, if he was in it. Dude, but okay, Rob Lowe is the kind of hot straight dude that you want to see dialed up like that, oh, and, hell hope, yeah. and hope that like something nefarious and super gay happens. You know, we didn't I get still any think of that Swayze's about Rob Lowe in 2022. <laughs> like we didn't get a lot of Swayze's booty. We got some uh, of John Leguizamo Can and Wesley you... Snipes booty, but not a lot of the Swayze booty, which is like a famous booty. But we did get Swayze hornily naked in the very beginning towel scene. Oh yes. Very horny about like becoming and this woman. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing about this, the Swayze character is that Vita is like, she's, kind of turned on by women yes which that's something i'm always been like she's like i want to be this woman not i want to fuck this woman i want to be this woman you know mm-hmm. well that's probably you know the predecessor of predecessor of her being i guess assuming to be a trans person before that was a thing that was popping up in movies and all that shit oh yeah hell yeah which very progressive i don't think i would have liked any of the alternative casting yeah I don't know. Uh, what, didn't you say Matthew Broderick was approached or something like that? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't find Matthew Broderick. I saw that he was uh, on the sh- on the short list for fucking Johnny Utah in Point Break. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, but whoa. Yeah, I didn't know he was going to be in this one. I'm going to hit someone with my surfboard. <laughs> Life moves pretty fast, just like these waves, boy. <laughs> So we didn't have a budget for this one, but we did have an opening weekend gross of nine million. Okay, what and was the budget? We don't know. We have a budget, and we have a worldwide gross of forty-seven point seven million dollars. That sounds like more than the budget. Yeah, I think if it, I had to guess. I think it made a little bit of money, but I don't know how much. I bet that a lot of know. the money on this budget went toward the actors, though. Yeah, for sure. I I agree with you because the sets are nothing. You know? Yeah, right. It, it was all one location, you know, for the most part. Everything else was it wasn't it wasn't sets. It was all on location. They didn't have to build anything. Yeah, sure. just setting up like right like light rigs and stuff like that. Oh, 20 of you live here. All right, <laughs> you guys all live here. And I looked at there was 150 at the end. There were no cars around the town. Like how the fuck did all those people get there? <laughs> and the one guy around. wanders into town with his dog, and he's like, "I'm gay and proud." Yeah, they had like, cool hey man, games. we don't take time kindly to your kind around here. We cops. like drag queens only. We don't have <laughs> cops in our town. <laughs> they don't have a cop in their town, do they? No, I don't think so. Hell yeah, Josh. How did you feel about this movie? Well, I can't possibly give it more than three and a half out of five stars. Yeah, tell me why. Because it doesn't even understand what being a drag queen is. <laughs> I mean, like I'm, I may be wrong. But <laughs> I would assume that you, uh, 27 years after the fact, this movie coming out, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I give it a four out of five because I love this movie and I have fun watching it. I thought it was really good. Steven says it's good for children. Yeah, Steven does. Steven, I, how, how does I would he feel fight, about this? I would 
I mean, the first ever like query centric movie I ever watched when I was a kid was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ooh, oh yeah, it's yeah, gotta yeah, be your yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. And, but this compared to that, it's it's a uh, steak compared to meatballs. Uh, but IKEA meatballs. So this one for me gets a four out of five. Um, I think it is a very important part of cinema. Uh, it's very progressive for especially the time. It really opened the world up to. Uh, drag queen queer culture and shit like that and honestly looking at the shit that was going around that time people getting tied to fence posts dragged from trucks and left to die that's the kind of thing that i mean america needed to kind of get us to where we are now hell it's yeah very pro pro queer pro you know we got to work on people understanding trans shit but our country is fucking backwards our country's gross as fuck because you could actually get an actual drag queen movie out of Australia, which was a country after this became a country, this being America. See, but I told you, you're looking at things from a very Western-centric point of view. I know, I know, I understand. It's just like, our stupid country can't even understand what being a drag queen is like. It's dumb. Well, our country's full of stupid people, so, I mean, that's that. So we rated it. Josh, you want to hear what the people felt? No. All right. Well, Letterboxd has it at a 3.7 out of 5. IMDb at 6.6 out of 10. With a Rotten Tomato of 40%, an audience score of 71%, and an Amazon score of 4.8 out of 5. 90% 5 star, 1% 1 star. Yeah, fuck those people whose DVDs didn't work. Uh, it's very, very obvious. Um, oh, do we have a Chryscow report? Oh, no, that's music, right? Yeah, Chryscow is music. Chris- yeah. Do we have a uh, what's a thumbs up, thumbs down guy? We oh. have an Ebert. Yes, and he has a partner. Yeah, right, we yeah. don't care about his well, partner. He's dead anyway. So Cisco? Uh, no, it's uh, Roger. Yeah, I mean Roger Ebert and Siskel Roper. Is it no? That's Siskel and Ebert, and then Siskel and Rover once Ebert died. Oh, Robert. Yeah. Okay, let's hear what what Roger Ebert said. This movie guy, jo- movie John Madden. I already know what this motherfucker said. He said this shit made me horny in a way that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Two and a half stars. It's like a story. Blah, blah, blah. It's amazing how entertaining it is in places, considering how amateurish the screenplay is and how awkwardly the elements of the story are cobbled together. I feel like recommending the performances and suggestion they be transported to another film. The actors emerge with glory for attempting something very hard and succeeding remarkably well. They deserve to be in a better movie. He also noted that Chi-Chi was just a Rosie Perez impression. What did Roger Ebert give this film? One and one half stars. Is it out of scale five, right? Out of scale four. four. Nothing's perfect. One and a half. Two and a half. Really? Well, which is what I originally assessed. Yeah. Because yeah, it made him horny, but it made him uncomfortable. <laughs> they gave him, it made him something. It definitely made him something. I, he he doesn't like transgressive shit. Like, he does, in his reviews, he does not He's say, not into envelope-pushing shit, at yeah. least with a message. A, this movie is obviously a movie to have a message to get out to the masses. Well, the weird thing about his reviews will be like, he, he'll say a bunch of negative shit about the movie. And then love it. And then be like, two and a half stars. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I do have a tagline for you. Yes. Attitude is everything. That's true. Yeah, why not? I feel like that summed up the movie, man. 
I feel like that was a good tagline for it. It's not as good as the tagline for the player. I already forgot what it was. What was oh, it? everything you heard is true. Oh. <laughs> Josh, um, I think it's time to get down to business. What's the business at hand? We have to go over the Swayze scale. Wowee, we got another road trip movie. Yes, we did. Steve, what do you think belongs on the Swayze scale? Um, If I recall correctly how the Swayze scale rolls, um, ultimately, it's what, 1 to 10, right? Yeah. There's 10 items on my scale, but there's also bonus points. (laughs) So... Here's what I'm going to have to compare it directly against. Recently, last week, I watched Point Break. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I had watched Roadhouse again. Mm-hmm. Well, Roadhouse is the spaziest movie of the all time. Sp- exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, otherwise, ugh, I'm not the craziest for Swayze. I do love Swayze, though. Appreciate the man. Well, that. there's a few items on the list. Uh, I'm going to you- put this overall from what I know of his body of work. I'm going to have to put this an 8 of 10 solely because of how down he was to really not fuck up the culture aspect of drag and how much, like, even a couple years ago, they were still like, this is one of the most difficult, uh, difficult quote-unquote roles that they're so glad they got to do because they did give a voice to so many people. Mm -hmm. And okay, we can look at the straight person being the vocal... Cool, whatever. It's the fucking 90s, man. Like, that's very respectful and sick as fuck to look at 27 years later and be like... The gender stuff is ultimately, like, so on display in this film, Oh, very much so. Because, like, Swayze in particular, like, vacillates back and forth between the masculine and the feminine so quickly. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, if you look at this movie compared to how the trans movement is these days, like, it's honestly a fairly fine representation to bridge the gap of understanding the mood more nuances of the queer community um you really got to look at that and really respect it for the time because like we said even the homophobic kind of like low-hanging fruit jokes they're not necessarily hugely homophobic they're all pretty funny and even the like subtle kind of racism sexism homophobia jokes those are that's how the drag queens all joke around with each other because they see those different elements of themselves. That's like, it's fun to poke fun at because we've embraced it so much. Well, the much. beginning of the movie mm. makes it very clear that racial tensions are uh, like Ru- something that exists in this Ru- movie, you know? RuPaul in a sequin confederate flag dress. Vince, do you remember the time we went to Vegas and I was really drunk and I was proposing to that lady of the evening? kind of night i don't i, I, I was don't super remember. hammered and you were like steve that is a that's a hooker and i was <laughs> like i love you like you're beautiful you're gorgeous if uh, RuPaul was the, falling in love with the hooker if, if i was to the night, ever a, working, meet, a career woman i love rupaul rupaul uh presenting in a masculine way gorgeous man rupaul as a drag queen femme gorgeous woman i fucking love rupaul and i good build Mm-hmm. great build um just stylish as fuck man but ultimately rupaul rolls up in a con- secret confederate flag dress lower down from the ceiling yeah Yo, like sting I am... and raising the cage girl okay 
I'm not even going to fuck around with my singles. You're getting 20s tonight, baby. I love you. Well, unfortunately, this thing doesn't rank quite as high as I would like on the Swayze scale. I did not see any gymnastics in this film, only dancing. There was that, that high kick, bruv. Oh, you like the high kick. You think it qualifies. Yeah, I mean like okay. it's 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 a it's a bonus point, if anything. Uh no, it's gymnastics. Okay. Um okay. I also didn't see any horses. No horses. I didn't see any nudity or dad stuff. There wasn't any dad well, I mean like Virgil was a bad dad. Well and uh and Vita was doing a bit of momming to the yeah. kid that could have been Kirsten Dunst, but yeah. wasn't. That's a good point. Uh, But that's still not dadding. Mm -hmm. Uh, So no dad, no nudity, no horses. But we did have dancing, road trips, gender. Yeah, we had sick whips also. We had sick whips and we had fighting. Did we have any knives? I didn't see any knives. No knives. So no bonus points for knives. Uh, But we did get bonus points for dancing. Uh, what else do we got? We got class stuff because mm-hmm. these drag queens are so poor they can't round up five hundred bucks. You get no money to <laughs> okay. fucking so, get on a train. So okay, so <laughs> we didn't get to this because I didn't really know how to venture into it. But it's really funny how many of the, like still to this day like drag stereotypes like they'll caddy like fuck with each other about. And it's always like drag queens are broke. Drag queens like do all this extravagance. It's funny because I had this note here of this movie. All the drag queen, anybody I've seen talk about it who's in the drag scene is always like, it's funny because in 1995, we let the straight people think this is how we live and we're actually just like... Oh, it's fabulous. It's <laughs> part of like the drag... Fa- yeah, but it's, it's part really of the like, drag like, presentation is that we're all fabulous and we all wear gorgeous it, wedding gowns and when shit. It's, when it's really, we're just a bunch of people who are bartenders, work these day-to-day jobs for shit money and come out and shake and our ass. they can get the money together singles. if they really need to for like a hundred bucks, but not five hundred bucks. No, that's that's still the funny thing is like even successful drag queens and shit will joke and be like, I'm a drag queen, I'm broke as fuck. Like, that's funny. To me- this is the class stuff, right? Like, that's the only class stuff in the movie. Not every movie has the class stuff. <gasps> if you want to bring it to there, because I would, the rest of I would the movie, say that was a focus. It wasn't a focus, but the rest, because the rest of the movie is only about poor people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah like and then throughout the rest of the movie they are seen as high class because they have all the outfits and everything but they're seen as high class because they're from the city uh-huh. not because they have money yeah it's like if you come from the city you are automatically high class yeah. compared to poor people in the in the in the rural areas do you think it's because they view like education as as something that people from cities automatically receive i would have to assume they the point they're trying to allude to is that small town folk, small minded kind of. So they assume these city drag, well, they don't know they're drag queens first off. Right, they're these fabulous city, career these women. Fabulous city women are, yeah, these, something these that they could never ladies. be. I, like, I, I can't believe I didn't mention it up until this point because that's the number one thing that doesn't make any sense to me. What is a career woman? It makes me think of Romeo and Michelle. Oh, yeah. Oh, they want business cigarettes or they, whatever. They, they have businesswoman specials? <laughs> That's the thing, too. They don't even allude that it's, like, a euphemism for, like, prostitution or anything. They're just, like, a no, career woman. Not at all. It's not a It's not a prostitution thing. She's got a career because a prostitute's a working woman. She's just doing a job. <laughs> They're talking about careers. Romy and Michelle also talks about careers. Yeah, they, they're career ladies. God damn it. The second time that we've mentioned Romeo and Michelle, almost a year apart. Dude, I love Romeo and Michelle. It's so good. Listen, Tiger Warsaw equals 
<laughs> Romeo and Michelle. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any other things? Because I do have two last um, Sick are... Whips, Romance, clearly. Um, nudity, dad stuff. Yeah, uh, that's it. So, uh, out of the list of Swayze things, I've revised my list, and we've gotten a 7 out of 10 inches on the Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Alright. That's all Steven can talk about, is is the length <laughs> of these people's dicks. Okay, for our, we can't even, like, elephant trunks in the room. Like Wesley Snipes, John Leguizamo, and fucking Patrick you Swayze. You think these people are all very well hung individuals? If not, they exude fucking hog farm energy. Like they're full. Of, they raise hogs. Full, full hogs have all the hog. They raise their hogs, <laughs> and also the hogs of the people in town. Also, but, uh, the, also the 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 frequently uh, visited hogs. Uh, so what, Bobby? Uh, Bobby Ray? He Small is. Hog. The, Oh no, oh, no Bobby Ray. Bobby Country Ray. Hog. Country Hog. Uh, Country but I don't hog. even know the names of those guys who kept trying to assault them. One of them was Tommy. Tommy! That's Baby Tom. White Trash Hog Energy? Every episode we must have a Baby Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Baby Tom will appreciate that. <laughs> once you, once he hears you're besperching his name. He doesn't even know me. So I have a... He doesn't even know you. What do, you have? what do you have? I have a pivot here, unless you also had something about dick sizes, Vince. No. No, that's no, it. We're, we've reached 7 out of 10 inches on the Swayze scale. Swayze Plus two bonus points that we can identify however we like. Hand stuff. Two hand stuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I will, uh, I'll give a little extra girth just because of how, uh, again, you know, this is a very, I feel this is a very important um, two two for, inches of girth. Two bonus points of girth. An inch around for girth. So like a nice seven by like five and a half. Like a, a thick boy. So yeah, so we're looking Wait, at like a, a seven thick. by five and a half dick? Listen, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's talking about Glad diameter, not radius. Oh. Because a radius of five and a half inches would be insane. Gross. Yeah, that'd be like ten inches around. <laughs> now we're talking about a fucking chode. <laughs> I'm... Again, very underrated. A movie people can look at these days and watch and be like, "Wow, like this movie holds up fucking great." Who would you suggest it to, other than children? Anyone over the age of seven? I would actually have to say people, queer friends I have that have not seen that movie. Yeah, I feel like this would be yeah. a nice way to introduce people to Patrick Swayze if they haven't really seen many movies. Because you also get John Leguizamo, who you've seen. Rizzo from fucking Grease is in this. Yep. We've got Wesley Snipes, the man of men, right? Like, you've got a nice, easy way to get people to dive into a movie they'd never seen before. Learn a few new things. And, you know, Swayze. People who like you know? Demolition Man, but it wasn't gay enough. Yeah, that so- was, <laughs> you needed more drag queens than Demolition Man. Which ultimately brings me to this point. Um, I firmly believe that uh, this is Wesley Snipes' best non-vampire role. And that's it. Uh, Yes. Okay, you might be right, but I like Demolition Man. (laughs) I mean, I love that movie too, but... Wesley Snipes was out here in a dress being like, bring it. He may as well have been in a dress in Demolition Man. He was the gay menace. 
He was doing the Dennis Rodman thing. We gotta think, 90s. Homophobes out there. What's worse than being just gay? Probably being a drag queen. You know, like That's this is a more positive message for Wesley Snipes, this for is, sure. Yes. 100%. But I like Demolition Man. Demolition Man, all I wanted to do was go to the Hall of Violence. Hi, man. I'm Rob Schneider, and I'm a cop. <laughs> 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 he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> Our, <laughs> okay, and I think one of my last... I have just two last things here. Wow. Two, last two things. last things. This guy's in charge of the fucking podcast. Yeah, all my notes have been exhausted now. Hey, you know, I've been looking forward to this. I don't Steven even know if I looked at show. my notes. I think I just know so, what they said. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll start with a question. We'll do this question here, and then oh. we'll end it with a statement. I love questions. Okay, so after watching this movie, you gotta fuck these three. Where we get Okay. And, uh, who out of these three do you want to get topped by, and who do you want to top in this movie? Josh, you start. Wow. Are you just top- outing us, or what? <laughs> no, uh, no homo, I guess. Um, no it, homo, if, you just if, gotta get fucked by if, one of if, these guys in your butthole. But you get to fuck another one, or the same one. It's who Who is your three here? Well, if you fuck, Mary, kill... No, we're not doing fuck, Mary kill, because you can't kill these fucking three. These, I already told you honest. I would kill Chi-Chi, and I stand by it. <laughs> okay. So who you marrying and who you killing? Or uh, fucking? Uh, you marry Swayze, because that's a lady. I've ever seen one. And then, <coughs> I guess you, you get topped by Wesley Snipes. But who are you topping? Swayze. Okay. To make yeah. me feel like I'm fucking my dad. <laughs> That's not you. So, <laughs> I'm 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 a little confused with the topping and the bottoming. And you're kill, fucking and somebody. You're fucking somebody, or and someone's fucking you. All right. I I feel like I'd have to pitch to Wesley Snipes because I couldn't handle Blade. I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. I could not do that. But then I feel like... That's that, the joy of it. <laughs> yeah. If you stabbing me with that steak. Ah! <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, but no, I, I guess I'd have to say Swayze for the other. Uh, and then you kill John Leguizamo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Luigi. I'm sorry. Sorry, Luigi. R.I.P. <laughs> Yeah, but well, at at this point also, I would have saved him from doing the happening, and a lot of people look at that as like <laughs> a low point in their The film happening careers. is fucking amazing. The happening is amazing. It's one of my oh. favorite fucking movies by oh. M. Night Shyamalan. What's going on? What's happening? Hey, hey, I think it's the trees. What am I doing sitting here talking to a fake <laughs> plant? My name's Marky Mark. Think scientifically, douchebag. Think. <laughs> I love that movie. Love so so we both wrote off John Leguizamo. Unfortunately, Luigi, you rest in peace. But fuck, Mary, kill Mario, Luigi, Bowser. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Bob Hoskins, Dennis uh, Hopper. Let's fuck John Leguizamo. Oh, there we go. That's a choice for the ages. Anyway, you slice it. Something is. Uh, it's not right. So, it's not, <laughs> not right. Yeah. All right. That movie's pretty fucked up. Well, if you've got any opinions on your fuck Mary Kill lists, you can reach out to us at SwayzePod at gmail.com. 
Wow, you know the email address? Yeah, we're on all of our social medias at SwayzePod. I am on Letterboxd at Vincent Troya and Josh is on Letterboxd at Joshua C.Y. Steven? I'm just a tweeter and an Instagrammer. Steven, would you like to tell the people where to find you? Uh, Yeah, my Twitter is, I think, at... Oh, shit, I forgot even my handle. Um... <laughs> Classy. The old Twitter <laughs> is at Steven with a V underscore 2480. Uh, Instagram, you can go find that yourselves. Um, but didn't get to uh, who I top and who had bottom. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I got so excited. If you had anything else to say. Yeah, I got oh, yeah. so excited just to hear what everybody else wants to top and bottom. Uh-huh. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a man who loves me some Latin flavor, so uh, I'm just flipping full on with fucking... You guys want to toss uh, Chi-Chi off to the side? Nope, Chi-Chi's mine. I'll... Is Chi-Chi Mexican or Spanish? It doesn't matter. Latin it does Latin. matter. Fucking John Leguizamo is Spanish, if I'm not mistaken. Wait. I mean, either way, I'm very into it. Um, I could be wrong. Chi-Chi's a little fierce, though. Like, I could be like... You're gonna if you're gonna try and flip with me, like you gotta put up a tiny little fight. She, she'll put up a she'll, a, a she'll put player. up a fight that's like uh, performative, but she doesn't actually want to fight. See, that works. Oh, out. you like that? <laughs> yeah, that's probably bit. best. Probably. I've been my Scorpio's been in rising lately. But all right, I'll wrap this up right here. But this fucking line that He's I'm talking go- about his dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up here. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. With this line. That, You're the new host it, of the podcast. <laughs> it's going to be, it's too early. Summer hasn't even started yet. I've already figured out my summer drink, so it's game over for a lot of people. But the line, your outfit is an affront to the very delicacy of my nature. Yeah, I'm going to. Go home, take a shower. <laughs> I'm going to use that so much. Put on some I'm, clean clothes. <laughs> I agree. I do too. Well, I guess uh, happy Pride Month, you, however you identify, queers, non-queers, allies, alphabet people. All 12 of you that listen, I hope you're gay. All 12 of you? Well, you're I'm gonna- sorry, 1,200. There's okay. at least 12,000 people that listen to this podcast. Wait, are you, are you suggesting that all of our listeners go out and be gay and do crimes? Yes. Hell yeah. We're crazy for Swayze Gonna watch everything he made We're crazy 